Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to talk about the uh, the breath of life. Oh my gosh. So just a little background. Today we are doing a um, review. Is that what it's called? Can we call yeah. it a review? Yeah. yeah. I guess a review. A, summer, a summary. Yeah. Summary and like some of our opinions, I guess, um, on this article, this study. And it's called Breath of Life, which is such a, that's such a good name. Breath of Life. Yeah. And it looks at, well, the full name... Breath of Life, the Respiratory Vagal Stimulation Model of Contemplative Activity. Um, And if that went totally over your head, it's (laughs) how respiration or modifying or changing your respiration or doing it in a certain way, how you breathe affects the vagal nerve. And let me just look at the title again. Yeah. And well, they look at that with respect to all the different kind of contemplative practices. So meditation being a huge one of those, of course. But yeah, they talk a lot about meditation in this one, which Mm -hmm. is really cool, actually, all like the different types. Yeah. yeah, So we'll have the link up to this article so you can totally just go on our website. If you are if you did want to follow along, um, head on over to our website, theyogaaddiction.com. And this will be episode 57, so it's, it'll be dash um, 057, and then you'll be able to slash. follow the link. Sorry. Slash, sorry, slash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I say dash? My bad. Yeah. yeah. Just find it. <laughs> it's on our Instagram. It'll be linked on our Instagram um, the week yeah. that we post this. Yeah, and I think this is a free <coughs> article, so everyone will be able to mm-hmm. view it. Yeah, and you'll be able to read it, which is awesome for scholarly articles. They're, they're not always free. I don't know about you, but when I was reading this, it gives such a huge background. Like I was flipping through and Eric was like, what are you doing? So I was flipping all the pages. It's 16 pages. It's a lot. So you can break it up. But yeah. it gives such a huge background before it actually gets into kind of their more theoretical work of contemplative practices, how the vagus nerve works and directly and indirectly and how it affects inflammation cognition mm-hmm. um activation of the parasympathetic etc it goes in such detail like you can just take a small paragraph and it would be mm-hmm. a total jewel as a yoga teacher just to slowly <laughs> integrate this knowledge and and have it for yourself yeah because we hear so much about like this really um is applied to the longer exhale compared to your inhale yeah. And this is like kind of the the answer, like the science behind it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, your student asks you why. You can say because of the vagus nerve or you can, you know, <laughs> say it more intelligently than I can right now. It's 6.45 <laughs> in the morning. Um, um, but, yeah, there's so yeah. much there. There's so much there mm-hmm. in this paper. There is. Yeah. And I think one of the things, um, so we did a full uh, episode on the vagus, vagus nerve. So not not too much about 
uh, like we mentioned the study, but we didn't really dive into it like we're going to today. Um, but the vagus nerve itself, the anatomy, its function, um, and uh, the polyvagal theory, that stuff is actually super, super important as a yoga teacher. Um, so I definitely think that before you listen through to this episode, go listen to that episode um, and you'll you'll learn a little bit about how firstly the vagus nerve interacts with all the other systems of your body like your digestion um, including your respiration but also like your adrenals and and some of the other um, nervous system stuff so yeah that's a that's a really good one to to listen to first yeah I I don't know about you but when I read this paper or Actually, I haven't read the entire thing. I had to jump over some of it because my brain was very mm. full. But I'm def- it's something I'll be going back to continuously. But it, I think it had probably the most impact on me compared to like any other piece of literature with oh, respect wow. to wanting to do integrate more regularly. Um, either a meditation that is focused on breath, breath awareness, mm-hmm. or doing a pranayama practice every single day, which I don't do every single day. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tune my awareness to my breath regularly at work when I notice I just need to breathe with more attention. I don't know. I can, I just like a feeling when I take like a couple of deeper breaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not like sitting for five to 10 minutes doing a breath practice on the regular. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, recently uh it, well, i guess yeah recently i've been taking this training but the i've signed up for this training um because i was really i really wanted to know this about this connection of breath energy and mindset which mm-hmm. yoga says is like oh this is what we impact and yet in my yoga teacher training um it, the energy and the the mental aspects of it were sort of touched upon but never like fully fully um, expounded like we never got to learn um, like how the winds of your body can affect your mindset <clears throat> and I know there's a lot of individual vari- variability but even the way that like they taught us to sequence a class it was all about asana external rotation internal rotation what's safe what's not safe um and and that's like total necessary knowledge but when we as yoga teachers are you know saying things like oh the body keeps the emotional intelligence and it holds on to um things from our past like well (laughs) well let's study that let's unpack that right let's Mm -hmm. actually go like into that um and and that's why I I decided to take this most recent training that I'm in um and it's it's just so it's it's like yes it's scratching that itch in my brain um and so when you were saying stuff like breathing and pranayama like this training is all about it um about creating and curating pranayama and asana retentions of breath and and where you pool the energy where you pool awareness and how that corresponds to a psychological state um and an emotional state of course psychosomatic is all connected right um and so she goes really deep into all of that so that you can sit in meditation just a little bit easier um yeah so awesome. i don't know yeah yeah she doesn't do it online unfortunately i'll, I'll tell her that she should because this <laughs> is like really good information um but yeah like every morning nowadays i just do like five minutes of um a very very simple asana depending on what the physical body needs and then I'll do however long I need of a pranayama and I just sort of like I'm testing right now about um 
sort of like where my body and brain are at. So if I'm feeling tired, then I'll do this pranayama. If I'm feeling like overly wired, then I'll do another pranayama. Um, and then testing it and seeing how it affects my meditation and my ability to sit and be present and um, yeah, just be. <laughs> and it's really interesting. It's really cool. It's like a self um, experiment that's non-physical almost. Mm-hmm. And then when you're reading this paper, then um, yeah. this paper goes over like the ratio of the inhale to the exhale. So having a smaller ratio. So, so exhales the yeah, on the bottom of that ratio. So longer exhale makes the ratio smaller. Um, does that kind of make what was taught in the course make a little bit more sense? Or did I she mean, go over that specifically? Well, we haven't, like the course is over several weekends and I'm just at the beginning. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure yet, but there's so many things within the traditions of yoga, like the the philosophy within Ayurveda that um, will impact it. So for for the most part, yes, like an exhale will stimulate parasympathetic, but also if you're exhaling in a back bend, it's not going to have that sim- same effect is what they're saying. So that's one of the reasons why I love this training is because she layered on also physical postures because you're going to exhale within a back bend. So what if I extend my exhale like I have a short inhale and then a long exhale inside of a back bend the effects are going to sort of negate one another in in a way um if that makes sense yeah I don't know if it would negate necessarily but I still think an exhale in a back bend would be beneficial for vagal tone yes instead of just like inhaling the entire time (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's um it really depends which kind of backbend we're would, talking about, and it, I would just like, like to see like w- her breakdown of the negation of that because I don't know. Maybe I'm saying yeah, I'm I don't mean like total total negation, but there's um in their philosophy in this like I think she comes from the tantric philosophy Mm. uh backbends should be energizing Mm -hmm. so if you choose to do a backbend practice she wouldn't emphasize exhales because they're not they're not negating they're just not it's not to your purpose if that makes sense yeah yeah so you might hold an inhale and you might expand an inhale you might stress the inhale the exhale of course will happens because you can't just you can't just inhale um if you're especially if you're holding a pose you can't just inhale into it um but there is a difference in in sensation and i think this is one of those things where it's like every human has to be their own um subject you know you have to test it on your own body um and i don't know if science will ever come up with you know a a definitive way of saying yeah inhales uh in a backbend will really stimulate you um just because there's so much human variety out there there's so much human variation Mm -hmm. um so i and i so i don't know if there's a point well the one thing that i would say before we actually get into this paper that well they talk about in here the the rate of your breath so slowing your breath in general so mm-hmm. yes, you could have an inhale and a back bend, but you're going to do that quite mindfully and trying mm-hmm. to lengthen it. And then there will be an exhale after you're not going into that back bend, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hyperventilating. That's going to be super stimulating. Of course, the pose and its nature is stimulating because of the amount of work it, it takes. Um, no, depending on like 
if you're in the bridge, your arms are, or rather um, full wheel or something like that, if your arms are involved. But yeah, they are generally more stimulating or energizing postures. But I think you can still work work the vagal tone and the parasympathetic in any posture by having your attention on your breath period yeah i think i think the article even it even goes so far as to say like um they're not sure how much uh we need that exhale elongation because um as soon as you bring awareness to the breath generally everyone's breath slows down Mm -hmm. yeah i think they even like uh, acknowledged that within this um article So it might just even be like, you don't even need to go that far. It might just be like breath awareness. It automatically slows down. And then, then you have all these wonderful vagal tone effects. There's okay. I'll go, I'll go, I'll add to that in a second, but let's just start from the top before we like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) dig too deep. So the, the paper generally looks at all of these different contemplative practices, uh, Mm -hmm. which all of them do incorporate some aspect of attention to breath or changing the way you breathe all I think all of them have like a slower breath rate at the very least Mm -hmm. and they come up with a model of um, how your kind of your nervous system how your vagus nerve is stimulated and working with your body in directly and indirectly so some of it is you are choosing to breathe in a different way and that stimulates your vagus nerve in a different way being a slower breath rate and usually longer exhalation and then that will stimulate your vagus nerve to activate the parasympathetic there's also a bunch of other um, kind of downstream effects such as the reduction of inflammation and increased cognition Mm-hmm. And then there's some other kind of biofeedback um, models they have. They have four different models. I'm not going to go into all of them. Where I think it's like just by breathing into your belly, or it's like how your body is kind of feeling that you have expanded your ribs and your belly. And it's taking that information and saying, oh, this is a relaxed state. And then mm-hmm. it kind of biofeedbacks to activate the vagus nerve, which is going to, or stimulate the vagus nerve, which is going to activate you more into parasympathetic. So it's not even like yeah. the fact that you were breathing in a certain way. It's actually like looking at kind of like your proprioception and like your muscle contraction and stuff like that. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I think so they mentioned it as like a bottom up, but also top down because of course you controlling your breathing, that's your brain telling your breath to do a certain thing. That's the top down. That's the brain Mm -hmm. going down into your lungs, going through the vagus nerve into the rest of your body. Um, But the body doesn't, it it, it feeds the other way is what you're saying, right? It has, it goes back upwards too. Yeah. So um, yeah, they were saying like, especially through the belly diaphragmatic kind of abdominal breathing, um, uh, which is what the the one that they were looking at. um, There are nerves that feed back into the vagus nerve and tell the vagus nerve that, yeah, we're safe. You don't have to like, you can activate now because we we don't need the other system so turn on and then the vagus nerve is like oh cool okay cool i'm gonna turn on i'm gonna continue to breathe through the my belly i'm gonna continue to naturally elongate the exhale um 
and it will actually inhibit the sympathetic nervous system. It'll tell the sympathetic nervous system that like, calm down. I got this. It's Mm -hmm. my turn now. You just chill. Exactly. It talks about um, when it's, when your sensory system is kind of, yeah, sensing your belly is like breathing, slowly expanding, your ribs are expanding, that that's, they kind of pocket it or I don't know, put it in a little bucket of safety. So your, your, mm. your body is feeling a safe posture or yeah, I would just say a posture. So you could, that can kind of work really well for those who teach restorative year, uh, yoga, excuse me, that's a nice little nugget. Mm-hmm. And to, and for teachers to recognize that it's not just the movement of your ribs and your belly. Some people lying on their back have a lot of vulnerability, and that's that's actually fairly normal to have your organs exposed. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it takes some time to feel like naturally safe there, and that's why putting a blanket over your belly is a really nice practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the it's not just like breathing, but it is this feeling, this intuit, this really deep intuitive feeling of safety that works yeah. in this feedback to activate the parasympathetic. So you literally do need to feel safe to feel calm. Yeah. That's the science of that. Yeah, I love that. And also like child's pose with all the modifications, like if you put the bolster underneath the belly, something for the head to rest against and the arms are supported in it. That's a good one because there's that um, abdominal contact. If you can arrange it right with all the the props, there's like abdominal contact and this like it doesn't feel too exposed either. You know, you're not opening up the... uh, abdominal contents to Mm -hmm. to be attacked Mm -hmm. so for some people that can also feel really safe but yeah I think restorative yoga does all of these pretty well there's always like a an understanding that the belly should be covered right is it or is that just me yeah well it doesn't have to be covered but it might be something that (laughs) makes people feel more safe and just to be aware that if if you're lying in shiva if you have students who are practicing newer students (coughs) excuse me really got a throat thing nice. <laughs> um and there they might you get me or maybe it's something you say in the beginning of your class because I've met teachers who said yeah I practiced for two years and shavasana on my back felt terrible like I was not relaxed and mm-hmm. maybe if there was that invitation in class um and I know a lot of teachers do do it but if you don't mm-hmm. do it just to acknowledge this, if this doesn't feel safe for you, put yourself in a position that feels safe. That might be lying on your stomach. That might be a child's pose. That might be seated. You want mm-hmm. this this last five to 10 minutes, 15 if you're lucky, to be a position that feels safe for you. And that yeah. is what's going to activate the, or stimulate the vagus nerve, activate the parasympathetic. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like an opening Shavasana too, to set the tone Mm, so that, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I often start classes on the back, um, with either the knees bent or something over the belly. If, if there are blankets, um, just to drape over the belly, because then it's like from here on, like this, you you sort of associate the space, this time is going to be a safe time, safe spaces. It's nice. It's Mm -hmm. nice to start that way. If you have the time, of course, in your class. I think it's pretty important to set the beginning of class, even if it's an hour class, just with, I used to do two minutes, two minutes seated. Mm. When I did corporate, we didn't have a lot of props and it wasn't very Mm -hmm. comfortable. So just, and I knew they couldn't sit very long, but we'd sit on a block for two minutes, 
close your mm-hmm. eyes and then pay attention to your breath. Simple, simple. Yeah. Try and slow it. Yeah. If it's stressful to slow it, because that is a practice that takes some time as well, then just yeah. kind of watch in and out, in and out. Yeah. Yeah. I really like breath because it's, um, I think the article mentions it as a, uh, like some meditations are focused attention meditations where Mm -hmm. you're you're just focusing on one thing and breath is one of like the easiest things to keep the mind really present. And that's, that's a a type of focus, that type of meditation that, um, so in the, the yoga tradition, we call it dharana, right? The, the focus of awareness onto one singular point. Um, so the breath can be really nice for that. Um, and it's really accessible. You can teach this to beginners. You can teach this to, to anyone who's never done asana because they've all breathed, hopefully, in their life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They all know what it is to breathe. So so put your awareness there and control it. Um, what I've learned from my course is that it, it's really nice to give them a task. So um, I will do like start to build a longer exhale to inhale. And the way you know that is just by simply counting. So pick a number three, four, whatever it is. If your inhale goes up for three, your exhale is going to go down for four. Work on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super simple, super accessible. You can be in any physical position. You don't have to be in like a, a crazy asana to do that. Um, but it's a nice way to set um, that awareness into the breath. Yeah. Um, oh, so did you say you're going to put the link to your little course on our show notes? Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's an in-person course. Yeah. But still like how just I know it kind of sucks for people who don't live in Toronto, but it it might be (laughs) nice just to stick it on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I can definitely do that. It's not run by me. I'm taking it from a teacher here in Toronto. She's she's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's just great to kind of if you hear someone who's done a course and enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff (laughs) out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, what else did you find interesting about this article, Nat? I'm just slipping through. Like my mind was pretty much blown. I think, um, (laughs) learning about like that direct link to reducing inflammation, which Mm. you think about the stress response and inflammation and there's so many ways inflammation is created in our body. Yeah. It is a, 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 f- a full body a physical response to stress the stressor can be so many things mm-hmm. it can literally like be your thoughts mm-hmm. it can be your mindset it can be a um environmental toxin it can be yeah. a food that your body can't process properly so many things chemicals pollution chlorine in your water. like so so many things right <laughs> Yeah, but whatever yeah. it is, even if you sometimes it takes so long to figure out why inflammation is being caused, you can have a physiological effect on it by having a practice where you just pay attention to your breath and maybe slow the rate of your breath and maybe even from there, slow the exhalation compared to the inhalation. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And the regularity that you do this, and it doesn't have to mean, it's not like, oh, you have to do it every single day. And if you break a day, then it's broken. <laughs> like, you suck. This is, that's kind <laughs> Just of give up from there. <laughs> one thing about yoga and meditation that really <laughs> bothers me is this, um, yeah, that people preaching that like you have to do it every day. Um, I think that comes from a place of love, of course, people wanting 
others to do self-care practices regularly, but Mm. it can create some fear-based habits of like if I don't if I don't do it then I'm going to break right yeah and it's it's stressful it's stressful if you know that you have to damn it so I think it's really like take this as a this information and empower yourself to when you know you're in a more stressful situation and that's usually when you don't want to practice self-care because you're just going to do the things that stop the stress Yes, Um, exactly. So you can really fully understand like how important or how beneficial it is just to take like five minutes, five minutes of Mm -hmm. sitting quietly. You might lay on your belly on the ground Mm -hmm. and just turn your head to the side and you you might lay on your back and put a bolster under your knees or put slide up against your couch. I'm looking at my couch right now. (laughs) So lie on the floor with your butt facing the front of your couch and then bend your knees so that the cushions of your couch go in the back of your knees put a pillow yeah, behind you just your swing head your, swing your legs up right onto yeah because that's like yeah most people who have a couch can do that and it takes a small amount of space and that's really relaxing posture for your yeah so yeah. as to be not yeah um, long and pulling on your back if you have a tight psoas which is a kind it's of so a place good. where emotions stored so mm-hmm. do that and breathe for five minutes and then if for someone just, and- Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Cl- close your eyes because yeah. you'll notice all the dust oh, yes. on the floor. Oh God, sucks. Yes. don't yeah. look down. Close there. your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, just you just want to look straight up. Close your eyes. Um, this stuff is really important. I'm like it really impacted me because I will go to a yoga class and I don't know. I'll be aware of my breath, but recently I think ever since I moved I haven't ever since we did our renovation really which was like now coming up close to a year mm-hmm. I haven't gotten into a habit of really having a meditation practice or a breath awareness practice and even yeah. when I did meditate the style I was doing for myself was I mean I'm definitely beneficial building gray matter in my brain and all this good stuff helpful for cognition um, but I wasn't really putting my attention on my breath yeah. I'd put it more on my thoughts. So ah, I think I okay. would yep. switch that a little bit. There's so yeah. many types of meditation, right? Yes, yes. So you might kind yeah. of play around with breath-based ones and or switch back and forth depending on your needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it. like what you're saying is like exactly it. To live in our life, yoga should be a tool to help us live better not to add on to all the like the list of things that we have to do and especially as like regular practitioners um you know I'm going on 10 years you're going on what like I don't know 15 16 something like that oh like since practicing yeah yeah I started (laughs) like oh my god I feel old yeah I started when I was (laughs) 19 yeah you started way before I did yeah yeah wow (laughs) just in when you do it for that long um you know I I don't know if you've ever but have you ever asked yourself the question of like so so what like how many more warrior twos how many more sun salutations and what's the point right um and how can we get to the point quicker when you do find the point which is you know that state of relaxation that ability to walk out of the room and 
you know, take on the rest of your day with a, a healthier mindset and better energy. Um, and that's one of the things that like the training that I'm doing um, really, really identifies. So how can we be the most efficient, least amount of asana, least amount of time spending on the breath so that we can emerge from whatever it is that we've practiced in order to be a better human being and make decisions as a better human being, not because we're tired, not because we're angry, not because, you know, all those other um, samskaras, they call it like the impressions in the mind that create um, uh, our reactionary patterns to the world, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know you've studied this before, but if this is totally new to you, um, Asana doesn't have to be, yoga doesn't have to be an hour. It can be, you know, this morning I did maybe 15 minutes and then I sat for meditation for 15 minutes. That's 30 minutes. And I bet I could have done without some of the things I did with the physical movement um, because I felt great, you know, like I, I could have probably spent a little less time stretching my hamstrings, probably a little less time twisting and I, it still would have been wonderfully effective. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, if you... If you give yourself the opportunity to dive into all these other aspects of yoga and really practice them, um, you'll see that asana is, like at least at my, where I am right now, it's not that necessary. It's necessary to like, of course, stretch and release tension. And, you know, when you can identify where you're physically holding it, of course it is. Um, but once you get past that, all you need is breathing, a little bit of breathing, and then yeah, it's it's wonderful. The meditations after have been wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to make it more accessible. And I mean, of course, if none of us worked, we didn't have to work. <laughs> we could do like an hour and a half of asana and then exactly however yeah. much meditation and pranayama that fills your soul up, you know, um, yeah. as long as it feels good for your body. But the real the the real thing is that we have other we have other things to do. Yeah. And some of those things are yeah. wonderful, like playing with your kids, being with your kids, fooling around, yeah. like horsing around with your children, going to the playground, going outside, snuggling with your loved one, spooning your dog. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she needs it. <laughs> um, and I think one, one of the things that this article is showing, which, you know, as practitioners, we know, but one of the things this article is showing us is that um, even if you did a little bit of the breathing and a little bit of meditation and they they grouped it all together, right? They call it contemplative practices. They mm -hmm. didn't say just this one type. They said all of these things. Yeah. It looks like your cognition is going to be better no matter what, like, so you're going to have better working memory, you're going to have better presence, you're going to be able to focus better, you're going to be able to um, feel and be sensitive more, um, as well as like all the physical stuff that they found, like with the inflammation, the anti-inflammation effects and, and all that other stuff. Um, cardiovascular effects that's another physical mm -hmm. one um but yeah so if you do want to play with your kids and be present with your kids and like fully enjoy that you know this isn't this contemplative practices stuff it isn't like a way out it shouldn't be a stress that detracts it should be a way that your mind is even more present and your cognition is even more present to be there and enjoy it all um which, like I was saying, like even 15 minutes, if you just sit for 15 minutes or like breathe for 15 minutes, um, it does make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll probably, we're not definitely going to go into all of those, um, kind of the science of 
like the like the really nitty gritty of how this respiratory vagal nerve stimulation is feeding enhanced cognition but that mm-hmm. is pretty well spelled out in the article and the same with all the health benefits so you can mm-hmm. go to the article and um, kind of flip through and read little bite-sized pieces but maybe in future episodes we could break that out just because if we did like how like really talking about the nervous system in detail how it is affecting cognition how it is affecting um, inflammation we would just oh, be yeah, here those for are, hours and be super overwhelming so <laughs> Yeah, if we took like just little bites, we could do a few more podcasts specifically on that or otherwise go to the paper and and just kind of read that, sit with it, read it again, yeah. sit with it. But there yeah, are like yeah. these direct lyrics, they say this goes to here and this goes to here and this inhibits this and this stimulates that and there's this mm-hmm. going on and it's super complex, but they, yeah. the science yeah. right now is amazing yeah. for really mapping it out is. how this stuff is linked. Yeah, yeah. I think the article even mentioned it. It it said like, oh, years ago, even though people were practicing this, there was like no science. There was like nothing. Yeah, it was really cool. And then they're showing like nowadays, articles are popping up all the time. Yeah, there's so much research. I think just think of how many less anti-inflammatories or like brain boosting supplements (laughs) you need if you can do a fairly regular when accessible practice of mindful breath yeah and it can be tuned to whatever tradition that suits your needs if you follow one mm-hmm. it doesn't have yes. it can be linked it cannot be linked it gets it's really that's why they go over all the all these different practices and talk about that and kind of pull out this is the common thing and then let's study yeah. that let's study the science of that yeah, that's exactly what they've done. They like grouped, they mentioned every single basically like meditation practice, you know, the, all the yogas, all the, the Tai Chi, all the Qigongs. And they're like, yeah, the one thing that they have in common is the breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very awesome. I don't think I asked you, did you yeah. have a favorite thing from the paper? Oh my gosh, I loved like so much about it. But yeah, the bottom up and top down thing was like a big one that stuck with me. Because um, that's that's super like we can feel that. Well, I, mm-hmm. I can feel that in my body. Um, I love the cognitive uh, argument that they make that even just by breathing, you will think better. Like, I love that. Like, yes, I want that. <laughs> I want that all the time. I want to think like at my best Uh, because I definitely feel it when I'm really tired and when like my brain feels like I don't know what are those animals that can't move sloths yeah totally cool yeah (laughs) just for me movement and exercise in general and I when I exercise I because of my yoga practice when it like more higher breath rate cardiovascular exercise I still like pay attention to my breath quite a bit compared to some other people yeah me too um so I think like yeah just moving and moving my breath in general makes my life at work sitting at desk for nearly eight hours so much better like I (laughs) I will experience when I was more sick well I just had this tiny little cough now but I was sick for like almost a month and I didn't work out or didn't go to yoga I didn't do anything I laid around and I then when I went back and like sitting at my desk I felt like garbage and I felt like falling asleep every afternoon and I didn't really change very much at all besides like once I felt better enough to move 
And just within like a week, I'm like, okay, I'm awake all day. I don't need coffee. Perfect. Although I want to have it because I love it, but <laughs> that's delicious. <different>. Yummy. <laughs> but I definitely don't need it. Um, that's amazing. Oh that yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, but I'm going to start like regularly doing a breath practice. The other thing I want to mention here, um, they talk about mental health, which if you're a mental health, um, oh, right. Yes, yes, they do. Lover. I mean, everyone loves to learn about mental health, I think, but if you're, someone who teaches it as well, like yoga for mm-hmm. anxiety and depression specifically, this is a great resource. It really, I think everyone should just look at it and yeah. pick out what serves them and what yeah. can serve their students. And this is yeah. another one, like if I were doing a teacher training, for <laughs> sure, I would yeah. at least give it to my students or or walk them through the whys of what, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. That's, yeah. that's what I love. Yeah. I also, for me, it was nice to have all the um, uh, attention types and meditation types uh, set out like really clearly because I, I know there's different meditation types. I just couldn't like, I, I well, I never gave it any thought, but now they, they've like actually grouped it into different um, like categories. So you can see this is focused attention type of meditation. This is open monitoring type of meditation. And actually really, I, I don't know, I love graphs like that. I love like breaking things down and mm-hmm. grouping them together. All the red bits go in the red container. All the blue bits go in the blue container. Um, because I want to know what I'm doing, right? So when I when I take a guided meditation in a class or if I listen to an app, I'm like, oh, this is that type. And this article even gives a little bit of like the difference um, in benefits between the two. So one that like sort of uh, intrigued me was that the focused attention, like uh, focusing on one single point, one breath, uh, one counting or, you know, candlelight or mantra, whatever it is, versus the open monitoring, which you just sort of um, see your thoughts mm-hmm. and then just let them go, just let them drift and then see your thoughts and then let them drift. Um, so the focused attention one actually improves uh, um the opposite of multitasking so (laughs) being able to focus on one thing and stay with it and that's that for me is like that's what I need because my brain just goes back and forth and it wants to multitask and it wants to grab on to all these different ideas and follow them all up all at the same time Um, whereas like no Sandy no no monkey Mm -hmm. we're gonna do one thing and we're just gonna do one thing (laughs) yeah tell me about it I basically like read reports all day and then write letters Okay. So it's, uh, yeah. And I'll have like several projects that are on my plate with all different deadlines and nothing's so well, some, obviously there's always a priority, but, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm always like starting one. I'm like, mm, maybe I don't want to look at this one. Maybe I want to look at the other one. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> focus, just, just, just focus. It's more yeah. work to go back to this one later and remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Settle yeah, down. Yeah. But it's hard. It's, it is. It it's takes work. A lot of yeah. work right now for me. So that's another reason I want to um, get into this regularly. Yeah. 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 So I think um, I'll link up the meditation I'm doing, which is a focused uh, attention meditation. Um, and it it has. I notice. Yeah. I can stick with one task better. I notice when I don't want to do the task anymore, and then I just like okay, no, and then I go back. Um, so it is it is helping. I do notice a difference. So I'll I'll link that up. It's called the Isha Kriya and it's absolutely free. Um 
yeah but i would say do it do it by yourself because there's chanting in it which is really nice i like i like the chanting but it's it might be strange if you if your husband is around being like, what the what the hell is that noise <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he wants to do it with you you never know yeah. yeah, I Paul did it with me, and he loved it. He said it was really, really good. Cool. He felt really good afterwards. Yeah, it does feel nice. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, so I'll link that up for everyone, including you, Nat. <laughs> Maybe you'll like it. And I think like the chanting also stimulates the vagus nerve. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in our previous episode, um, yeah. yeah. What was it that it stimulates again? Well, just because like the vibration in your throat and the vagus nerve kind of goes through that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I nailed Speech. that or not, but that's what I, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I get out of it. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Yeah. I think last time you were saying that the the vagus nerve um, monitors your tone of voice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, chanting can be again bottom up rather than top down. Totally. Like, I'm going to speak, but also when I speak, how does it come out, and how does that go back up into my brain? Yeah. yeah so totally. that's like the top down bottom up is what you would call a positive feedback loop so like you make something happen and then your body's sensing that thing happen and feeding back into the stimulation of the vagus nerve so vagus nerve says like relax your breath like breathe more slowly and then your body's feeling the slower breath and then it's saying okay a slower breath means we should relax more yeah yeah that doesn't make sense to you before um and it can happen through (laughs) more ways than the breath but the breath is kind of the one we're focusing on yeah so the other two that we've mentioned in this podcast is speech and abdominal um relaxation i would say Mm -hmm. is that is that the right word relaxation yeah and i just like a little bit behind the abdominal relaxation so they talk about that being a feeling of safety because when you're moving say running the your your abdominal your core all of your abdominal muscles are contracted to move Mm, so right and then when you kind of relax your belly and breathe fully through your belly and your ribs you can't be chasing or being (laughs) chased you can't be being chased yeah that makes sense yeah so that's kind of where it comes from is your body senses like oh my belly's relaxed that means so nothing's trying to attack me right now i can chill (laughs) yeah no, I think this is really good. I think uh, we've picked out the important things to us. And I, I, like you said, I think this is something I will also come back to and just like read a paragraph, think about it, and then maybe we can have a chat and, you know, mm-hmm. dissect dissect some thoughts because there's so much here. Yeah. <sighs> I'd love to it's go into though. the mental health a little bit and the cognition, the mental health, because they talked about inhibition of the amygdala, um, which is like our fear okay. center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I promised to talk about the amygdala a while ago, so we should probably put that on our list. But <laughs> promises you can't keep, Nat. I know. Jeez. It's really hard. There's so many things. You're the worst. Oh, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> no, that would be really cool. Yeah, I'd love to do a little more research and digging into that. Okay, deal. Yeah. Yeah, the brain is fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <coughs> One more cough. Ooh. I think uh, oh. we're good. I think we're good. Uh, as always, if you guys have any questions, this is like a big topic. So if you have questions, like don't just sit on them. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Let's let's like try to explore this stuff, you know, as people who aren't um, nervous system specialists, you know, explore in the ways that we can so that we can, you know, 
teach our yoga classes with more information and more from this informed, compassionate place. Um, you can contact us through Insta. We will respond to your direct message. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us and... There's even like, is there an online form on our website? There is, right? Yeah, there's a little contact form on our website. And our Instagram is The Yoga Addiction. We're also on Facebook. Mm, so yeah. Facebook, whatever, slash The Yoga Addiction. Mm-hmm. I think it's a slash. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I should link in the, sh- I actually never link Facebook in our show notes, but I should link the Facebook page as well. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. links okay. are in our show notes. We'll link it this time. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye.